Coming to you live. Live. And podcasting around the globe. You're listening to the Deal Farm Podcast. Guaranteed to tickle your real estate loving ear holes. And now, here's your host, world-renowned TV heartthrob and investor extraordinaire, Ken Corsini. Hey, this is Ken Corsini with the Best Deal Ever Show. Today, I am joined by my good buddy, Jay Connor. Jay, how you doing, man? I am doing fantastic, Ken. How are you? Man, I couldn't be better. It's a new year. Off to a good start. Going to drop a few pounds this week. That's the plan. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. Right. So now tell us what part of the country you're in. Yeah, so I'm located here in eastern North Carolina in a really, really small town called Moorhead City, North Carolina. Population, 8,000 people. So my total target market's only got 40,000 people in it. We do about two to three deals a month. The average profit $67,000 each. Thank goodness I ain't got much competition. Holy moly. I mean, that's a small market to be operating in, but... Goodness gracious, that's a great average profit. Yeah, so uh, obviously to get that kind of profit, you got to do some rehabbing. Yeah, so sure. we rehab most of our houses. We've uh, Since we started, we've done about 400 rehabs so far. Okay. And so what is your target market? I mean, Moorhead and there's a couple surrounding cities? Yeah, so we're just in uh, two small counties. And in fact, uh, we're in Carteret County. And I mean, the whole county's only got 65,000 people in it. And then we're in a little small town called Havelock or Cherry Point, North Carolina, that's in Craven County, mm -hmm. that's uh, uh, neighboring to us. So are you, how far north are you? Are you up like as north as Raleigh? Or are you kind of down in the south? No, we're three, we're three hours uh, due east of Raleigh. So um, we're right on the coast. So we're like the southernmost tip of the Outer Banks. We're yep. three hours straight up the coast north of Myrtle Beach, an hour and a half north of uh, Wilmington. Gotcha. You know, so you're close to Ocean Isle. Yeah, not too far. Okay, so we've done some vacations out there. Gorgeous, man. The Outer Banks are just spectacular. Oh, for sure. So you're so how far are you then from the beach? Oh, three minutes. Really? I didn't realize mm -hmm. you're right on the coast, man. That's nice. Oh yeah. And there's that, the population's that small, that close to the beach. Yeah, now we go to about 250,000 in the summer. Uh, I mean, our main industry is, you know, vacation and resort. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, this, you know, in the off season, um, you know, not much traffic. Starts to feel like a ghost town probably a little bit. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so you, how long have you been at this? Uh, bought our first single family house in October 2003. Okay. Gotcha. So you were, you kind of worked through the, the whole recession and made your way through it. Yes, I am down cycle proven and tested. <laughs> That's right. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> I started in 2005. So I guess I, I'm part of that club as well. Exactly. Well, you know, um, my story was a huge blessing in disguise. The first six years from 2003 to 2009, I relied on the local banks uh, to fund my deals. Yeah. And in January 2009, I got cut off with no notice, had, you know, deals under contract and went to go, you know, get them funded. And yeah. I found out in a very, very short conversation that I had no lines of credit left. And so, Ken, my definition of coincidence is God's way of staying anonymous. <laughs> And so in less than two weeks, I was introduced to this wonderful world of private money. 
And I don't mean hard money. I mean, doing business with individuals. And so in less than 90 days, um, I was able to attract uh, $2,150,000 in private money from individuals. So really the first 12 months after getting cut off, our business tripled for two reasons. I had plenty of funding available uh, and I could make all cash offers. And with the downturn, there were just fantastic deals to buy. Yep. And since I had the funding available, we were able to take advantage of it. Well, and even, the good thing about private money, and we're the same way, it's a very similar story. We had some bank lines that basically poof went away when the regulators came in. The good thing about private money, yes, you typically pay a little bit more in terms of interest rate, but the flexibility to move quickly and not mess with appraisals and draw requests, man, it's a game changer, isn't it? Oh, my word, is it a game changer? I mean, the beautiful, one beautiful thing about private money is we get to set the rules. That's right. We get to set the program. We set the interest rate. We set the terms and all that. And, you know, Ken, you're probably like me or I'm like you. I've never asked anybody for money to fund my deals. That's right. I, sim I simply put the program out there. And where else are they going to get these kinds of rates to return safely and securely? That's right. And if they've got investment capital or if they've got, you know, retirement funds, then they're going to want to, you know, they're going to want to take advantage of it. And the beautiful thing about putting your program together, I frame myself as a teacher. You know, when somebody asks me for the first time, they meet me, they say, Jay, what do you do? My answer is I teach private lenders how to make a lot of money. They have no idea what I said, which is the point of the answer because, <laughs> because it leads to, or can lead to an interesting conversation to where I can give them some education about what private money and what self-directed IRAs uh, are as well. Yeah. Now I love the way you frame that. And essentially you're creating an opportunity for somebody. You're not asking for anything. I love that. That's correct. So, That's correct. so out of all these deals that you've done there in North Carolina, is there one deal in particular that stands out as your best deal ever? As a matter of fact, it's one that's underway right now. We just closed on it about a month ago. Really? And, and so um, when I say best deal ever, I'm talking about the amount, the amount of profit and how quickly that it, it will turn. So typically, I mean, here in my area, the median price is like $225,000 here okay. on the mainland. Now, you know, we've got across the bridge on the outer banks on the island that's a whole other world over right, there right totally different. but that's where i've bought this property uh down at emerald isle north carolina which is the opposite end of the island so this house we just closed on and i bought it all with private money four hundred and eighty thousand dollars is the purchase price okay and the after repaired value is seven hundred eighty thousand dollars Goodness. So it's, uh, I'm going to put about a hundred thousand in okay. it and that'll take about three months, uh, to it's all cosmetic, but it's a huge house. It's got like 3,300 square feet. It doesn't sit right on the beach, yep. but it's on the first row. If you will, like you got the beach, you got the street. And then this house sits right here across yep. the street, yep. three yep. stories. Uh, the view, I mean, on the third story, it's like you're on a cruise ship. All you can see is ocean. Really? Oh, that's yeah. Nice. So, um, we found that deal, uh, through our Facebook marketing Okay, and, and that's where we get a lot of leads still today. Now, um, let me ask you this. Is it paid Facebook marketing or is it just like on your page or your personal page? Like pay, you no, running paid, paid ads, paid ads, paid ads. Paid ads. Paid ads. Okay. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And so it's an inherited property. There were five heirs 
and three spouses that would have the sign. So there's eight people wow. we had to, we had to negotiate with. So one of the takeaway lessons from this deal is some of your most profitable deals do not happen overnight. That's right. These people first contacted us, responded to our marketing in April of uh, in April of 2019. We didn't close on it until November 2019. Wow. Yeah. And so there was, you know, and none of the none of the heirs live live here in North Carolina, and they're spread all over the nation. Um, and so, you know, from the time we were talking to them and when they were going to come here. Um, I mean, they, they have no, they have no interest in keeping the property. Right. So, um, you know, from a, so it was a, what is that seven, that was a seven month negotiation, but you know, I'll, I'll negotiate for seven months to make a couple hundred thousand dollars less carrying costs. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of times, like you said, it's just patience. Let it work through probate, get the signatures. And there is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right? Exactly. Exactly. So I'm just curious then, uh, on your Facebook marketing, what do you do that, uh, that makes it effective? Cause a lot of guys have tried it and kind of burned out mm. anything specific. Yeah. So, uh, of course, consistency is, yeah. is key and we all know that. So we're rotating the ads out every day, every day. Um, new ads. A there's a new, there's a new ad or, 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 you know, in rotation, we run about seven different ads. So it's like okay. one fresh new ad a day. Um, the only criteria that we put it on is the zip codes where we, uh, market, yep. uh, and 35 years old and older. That's it. Okay. That's the only criteria. Um, but you know, the, you know, I mentioned the word follow up a moment ago. We have found that sellers, are a lot like buyers and that is you know in marketing the older the colder the older that lead is the more time that goes by yeah between when that lead comes in and actually getting back to them um you know the less likely you're going to do business um our call to action i don't even have i mean on our website i've got a phone number you can call but the actual call to action is we ask people to text us uh, you know, for, a, for a, uh, for an all cash offer. And so our call to action changed in 2019 to, I mean, that's how people communicate, right? right? Right. So our call to action is for them to text us. And then of course we want to get them on the phone and talk as soon as possible. Yep. But yep. since that's the way people are used to communicating, then we just speak their language. Interesting. So do you even have a form fill on your, on your website it's called, or is it just, yep. Yeah, they, they have an option. Yeah, okay. they can fill out the form to get an offer or they can or they can text us. Okay. Uh, you know, for you know, if they want to start out communicating like that and answering any questions. And another thing that we found out the hard way is it's just worth the money to have an assistant that will talk to these people by text. So, you know, what we did for a while is we would say, you know, like they would text us and then we would say, you know please, please call us and we can give you all the details. Well, you know, people just, most people just don't want to talk to you until they've warmed up with you, warmed up with you through the texting avenue. Yeah. So you have an assistant that's just sort of begins the correspondence by just a conversation over text. That's correct. Interesting. I mean, it makes a ton of sense. You're hundred percent right. Nobody wants to pick up the phone anymore. They want to send a text or send an email. 
Yeah. And I mean, they want to make them, I mean, they want to make sure that you're real, that, I mean, that you're a real person and, and that's how they warm up. Yeah. And if you could be real friendly over text, then you could also probably, like you said, you're warming them up to, to when you have that, you're building a little bit of trust too. That's right. That's right. Interesting. So Facebook ads is your primary acquisition route. And then you're getting, you're doing a lot of text. Well, actually it's not my primary route. That's okay. where that one came from. Okay. Actually my prime, my, my number one source now is through organic searches. Okay. And so I started using this company last year and they are amazing. Hmm. They're out of California. Uh, the name of the company is seotuners.com. Hmm. And they focus and they specialize in SEO, search engine optimization, organically for real estate investors. So, you know, any real estate investor that's using a carrot or on carrot, right. Um, they, they know that backwards and forwards. And so it takes about 90 days to six months for them to, and there's like 25 keyword phrases mm -hmm. that they work on getting you up to the first page and the first one, two or three. So on Google maps, they got me in number one position on over 20 keyword phrases in less than 90 days. Wow. So my website on Google maps is in the top three now all the time when somebody's searching any, you know, the motivated seller phrases and then they've got all. And then besides the Google maps, uh, you know, then just having you on the page. So as I said, 90 days to six months, they get you up there. Um, and I mean, so it's 600 bucks a month, you Goodness, know, that's amazing. which is, you know, in our world is no money, right? Yeah, right. Uh, for, 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 for the marketing. So they, I'm, they are, they're my, they're my new secret that is now no longer a secret. That's right. That's right. I might have to edit this out. We'll see. Exactly. <laughs> that's too good. That's too good of a secret. That's awesome. Well, so getting back to the house, so you you just bought this thing for $480,000. Correct. Sourced it through Facebook. How did you finance it? I'm just curious. All private money. It's all private money. And just curious, how do you structure your private money? What does that look like? Yeah, so it's 8%. Nice. Interest only. Depending on the private lender, they get paid either quarterly, uh, semi-annual, uh, or annually. I don't, I don't stretch interest out more than a year. Of course, I'm not planning on keeping this house for a year anyway. Yep. But, um, you know, on that size house, uh, I'll stack more than one private lender. Okay. So, obviously, there's only one in first position and others in secondary, but you know, I've got 48 private lenders. So there's lo lots of years of, um, of experience and trust yeah. with these, with these people. So, I mean, you know, these people, I mean, for years now, they could care less where the house is, what the numbers are. It's just like, Jay, how much do you need? And when do you need it? Kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So do they care that they're in second, third or fourth position? No. And do you change the interest rate or the terms a little bit better? Yeah, if they're... It, it, in a junior position, I'll pay 10%, 10%. But that junior money is typically going to be small bits of money, typically. Yeah, so like on this deal, how many lenders would you, do you think you have? Just curious. Three. Three lenders. Okay, so you got a primary and then a couple juniors. That's right. And the juniors are typically at 10% rather than 8%. That's right. Okay, interesting. So what sort of uh, renovations does this, is this house going to get? everything that your eyeball can see. So it's, uh, so it is exterior paint. 
Okay. So uh, all exterior paint, three stories. I mean, that, that line item right there alone is $12,000. Sure. Yep. Huge house. Yep. All interior paint. Uh, we're going to put a uh, luxury vinyl plank throughout the house, except in the kitchen and baths will be um, really, really nice tile. Uh, the principal bathroom is a wreck. Uh, I mean, as far as the layout. So we're just gutting the entire uh, principal bathroom and, and, and redoing all that. Uh, kitchen cabinets are nice. Um, we're able to keep those, except we're just going to paint those. It's got, um, the house was built like back in the early to mid nineties. And so it's got Corian. So we're getting rid of the Corian. We're putting in uh, granite and um, let's see here. What uh, other major items? Mm, as I, well, uh, th those are the major items, but uh, there's, there's some windows that need to be done. Uh, two new HVACs. So, you know, we've got some large line items uh, in, in the project. My average rehab typically is only like 30 some thousand dollars. Right, right. But, you know, my average house is also like 1,700 square feet and not 3,500. <laughs> that's what, oh, this, is this the 3,500 square foot house? Yeah. 35, well, that, yeah, that's a big old house. And you said three stories too, right? I mean, it's three a typical stories. beach house. Yeah. Oh, and it's got, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a beach house. And it's got, huge, huge, uh, wraparound decking on the second floor okay. and the third floor that, uh, needs some repair and, um, and some structural updating as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's funny. I actually have a house in Florida and it's very similar. It's the same thing. It's a three story and it's just under 4,000 square feet. And we did a massive rehab on it. Holy moly. Cost us way more than a hundred grand. Cause it's, <laughs> Because I'll tell you, the beach will beat up a dang property. I mean, it is the air around it. It's just so corrosive that we got in. We ended up having to replace all the siding, took off all the stucco, and then you got all sorts of rotted framing you didn't know you had. It was just, man, it was a beast of a rehab. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, <laughs> on this, I mean, I recommend to my students, I mean, I don't care how long you've been rehabbing houses, just don't buy a house without a home inspection, you know? Yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, I mean, I went for years without doing the home inspection thing yep. and, you know, I got bit pretty good on one, uh, on foundation stuff about two years ago. And I said, you know, Jay, 400 bucks is a pretty cheap insurance policy to really know what you're getting. You're exactly right. Yeah. It's not worth it to not get it. Mm -mm. Yeah. That's awesome. So when you sell this thing, your, your agent story told you, we think 780 is the number. You'll have a hundred, right. hundred in it. So you'll be in it for about 580 selling it for right. 780. Correct. That's a slam dunk. That's a, that's a nice one. <laughs> Was there any part of you that wanted to hold on to this as like a beach rental? Well, uh, that's run through my mind. And so, um, when I get it ready to go, I will definitely run the numbers and see really what would it, I mean, will it cash flow? Yeah. you know? Uh, given what I'm paying the private lenders. Now, you know, this could be an opportunity after it's all rehabbed. This could be an opportunity for one of my commercial lenders to refinance it. Totally. Uh, and I mean, you know, cause right now, you know, as of, you know, today's podcast, it's pretty easy to get commercial money at five and a half, five and three quarter percent. Uh, versus eight and 10 with the private lenders. So I might consider refinancing this baby and just seeing what the cash flow would look like. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it might, a house like that right across the street from the beach might pull in eighty or ninety thousand dollars a year. Yep. In income, it might. And then if the thing's just appreciating like crazy, you know, if it's doing well, crap, sit on it for a couple of years, use it, let it, you know, be a place for you and your family to go when you want, and let it appreciate, make some cash flow in the meantime. Yeah. So yeah, I will definitely be running the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. Okay. So you've been at this for a long time. You've done a number of houses. What, what, how has this particular deal changed your mindset? What have you learned from this? How are you going to, I guess, change your business going forward? Um, well, I got, I got bit pretty bad, like my, way back in like 2005 or 2006 mm-hmm. by investing in, um, uh, properties on the beach because, you know, when the downturn came along, resort properties get hurt worse than anything. True. Yep. Um, so I guess one big takeaway on this particular deal is if you're so, so, you know, I practice and I teach my students, keep your main focus on bread and butter houses on first time home buyer properties, yep. because that's where your largest pool of buyers are. Yep. If you know, if you're looking to flip and cash out. So one big takeaway on this house is I'm reminded from my experience back in 2005, uh, you better have a big spread. I mean, the, 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 the bigger the investment, the bigger the spread because bigger the risk, right? right? Yep. So you better have a big honking spread when you do these kinds of properties. Yep. That is great advice. Cause you're right. The vacation properties are the first to go the second that economy turns, get That's in, right. get out and have some room there if, in case you gotta drop that price. Exactly. That's good. Jay, man, this was a good one. I really appreciate you coming on. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Ken. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk soon. Hey, friends, let's talk for just a minute about the market we're in right now. It's tough, right? Deals are hard to come by. The last thing you need is trouble funding a deal once you've done the hard work to source it. Trust me, I get it. I've been at this for 16 years, and financing deals is often a huge pain in the rear. So I decided to solve the problem. I launched Red Capital Lending for real estate investors like me and probably like you. The days of paying 12% interest are over. And if it's taking more than a week for your lender to close, you're using the wrong lender. We've built Red Capital Lending for the sole purpose of providing the lowest cost of investment capital possible. I'm talking about interest rates in the sevens. With the highest level of customer service and with the fastest turnarounds, our goal is to provide funding within five days. If you've got a deal coming up and you're ready to save money and avoid the typical hassles associated with most lenders, take a minute and just submit your deal at redcapitallending.com. We'd love to work with you and show you just how easy it can be to fund your next project. Again, redcapitallending.com. Okay, so let's get back to the show, except in this segment, we're going to talk about the deals that didn't go so well. Hope you enjoy. Okay, so I'm here with my good buddy, Jay Connor out of uh, North Carolina. Jay, I want to hear about your worst deal ever. Well, that's an easy question. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> he knows the exact I mean, one. There's, there's something about this thing called pain. <laughs> and the, the, the more massive the pain, the more likely you are to remember what you did, right? Oh, no. <clears throat> so um, I started investing back in 2003. I'd only been in it for a couple of years. And so this was in 2005. Um, I was bidding on this foreclosure 
at the courthouse and it was a resort property. It was uh, a condominium over at Atlantic beach and the after repaired value at the time that I bought it was right around $350,000. Well, to begin with, I paid too much money for it, right? That's like one of the first mistakes we make is paying too much for properties, particularly yep. when you're gonna pay all cash. So I bought it for $225,000 and it was a gut job. I mean, so we had, of course, it was small, only 900 square feet. Right. But I mean, we ended up putting like $25,000 in this small condo. So now I'm up to 250. It's only worth 350. Well, here's the big lesson. By the time I got it rehabbed, by the time I got it on the market, prices were already starting to come down. Yep. And before I knew anything, and so it sat and I, yep. and I wasn't smart. I didn't lower the price. I was trying to hang on to my price. Yep. Another big, another big mistake. And so before I knew anything, that $350,000 condo was worth less than $200,000. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Oh my gosh. So here's the lesson. So I, I bought the property on the premise that I was going to fix it and flip it. What I did, the numbers I did not run were if I'm end up getting stuck with this property, will it cash flow? Yeah. Can I rent it out for enough money to cover my carrying costs? Right. The answer was no. The rent that it would rent for would not cover my cash flow. So the lesson learned, and, and I have remembered this since then, regardless of how wonderful and good the upside looks on flipping a property and making a profit, also run the numbers on what your monthly uh, underlying debt is with, you know, uh, you know, uh, to your mortgage company or to your private lender, whoever, what's that payment? Uh, what's your insurance? What's your taxes? What's all that underlying a debt um, and make and calculating that as if you were paying it monthly, what can you bring in? If that's not a positive cash flow, don't do the deal. Even if you're not planning on keeping it and renting it, because you might end up keeping it when you hadn't planned on keeping it. Oh my gosh. Well, and especially with a condo because condos, they can nail you with those condo fees too. Everything else might work. And you factor oh yeah, you got HOA fees and yeah. then you got assessments, right? Oh yeah, right. Yearly assessments on the Particularly thing. Particularly if you're on the beach, you're going right, to have right. assessments every now and then. Yeah. So, and then you have a hurricane come along and then you got a huge assessment because now the HOA has got to make up all that money for the, um, the, um, the money that the insurance, sure. you know, didn't cover. Yes. So anyway, yeah. Make sure that baby will cash flow, so regardless you, of your exit strategy. Exactly. What did you end up doing with the, with the condo? Did you just sell it and take the, take the haircut? Actually, I still got it. Do you so, really? so yeah, I mean the market, the market's come back. Um, it does, it does cash flow. Uh, so, you know, we send friends over there, we give weeks away and 15 weeks out of the year in the summertime, uh, it's fully booked. And, oh. um, so anyway, it ended up being a, a long-term hold. Well, that's not such a horrible ending to the story. 
No, it just took a while to get there. It's like getting over constipation. Yeah, that's right. It finally cuts loose. What's it worth now, just out of curiosity? Uh, it's right back up to 350 It is. Man, mm -hmm. that's not the worst deal ever. Come on. You just had to sit on the house, and now it's worth what you wanted it to be. Well, the reason it's the worst deal is because it was a negative cash flow for seven years. I got you. And so the, <laughs> the rents just eventually – is it a – did the rents just eventually kind of creep back up when the market turned? Is that basically what happened? Yeah, that's okay. right. I got yeah. you. I got you. Well, yeah. And I'm sure for those seven years, it was very painful. And, like, and every time you're stroking a check out for your more, you're like, this is a painful reminder. Yes. Lots of blood. Lots of blood. Lots of blood. Well, that's hey, I'm glad to hear though, that it, it did get back up to where it was. And at some point you'll sell it and make, make a little money on it and hopefully feel, feel better about it. Well, to tell you the truth, I'm actually considering cashing out on it this year. So we'll see. Go. Yeah, we'll see. There you go. You paid down the mortgage, right? Did you put a yep. conventional on it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a conventional loan way back, way back then. Yeah, so you paid it down. You got some equity now. It'll it'll feel a little bit better. The consolation is you'll make a little money when it's all said and done. That's, That's right. Awesome. Well, Jay, this was good, man. I appreciate you coming on. All right, Ken. Thanks for having me. All right, talk soon. Hey, Deal Farm listeners. If you haven't heard, I just recently released a book through Bigger Pockets Publishing called. Profit Like the Pros. If you dig the Best Deal Ever podcasts, you will definitely want to get your hands on this book. I take 25 stories from some of the top investors in the country and distill them down into 25 separate chapters that will not only entertain you, but educate and inspire you in all different facets of real estate investing. From wholesaling and flipping to self-storage, multifamily and commercial, we get into the details of short sales, subject twos, and even land flipping. And whether you're a brand new investor or you have years of experience under your belt, I promise you this book will engage you. If you would, take a minute, go to Amazon and order this book, Profit Like the Pros. And if you like it, please leave us a review. Thanks so much, folks, and I will see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm.